The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Terry. Welcome to OAA Now here on Sammy Terry, blog of the Dragons Insider, blog of Inside the OAA, and one of the hosts of the Twin Terriers and Orient Neighborhood like welcome those watching on YouTube, also hearing us on the local voice, and watching us on Orient Neighborhood Television. This week, since Ian is on vacation this week, we got Views of the Sideline host Joey Tysick here this week. Thanks for having me, Sammy. I always enjoy it. Uh, we are in August now, so it is full swing football season, and there's a lot to talk about. Oh, we got yes. A, we got a call in today again, yep. so it's going to be a jam-packed episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be really interesting, obviously. Of course, we got a lot to talk about, obviously. We got Clarkston um, now having to find a Week 9 game. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, but we got an interview this week. We got yes, um, we, do. we got coach at Farmington High School. We got um, new coach Jason Albrecht. Um, coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, obviously, you take over for Coach Corey Theroach, who is now at Wall Lake Western. Um, talk about how that transition's been going for you. Uh, I mean, I think it's gone pretty well. Uh, once you know, I was uh, offered the position, kind of, of, of teaching the district and. I uh, was able to start getting uh, some off-season training going with the kids. And, uh, you know, I've – Corey Corey was kind of a, a, a coach in the in the uh, program right before I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he – his, you know, he kind of learned from Coach Bechtel the same way I did as far as, you know, kind of organizationally. So a lot of stuff was very similar to me and, you know, kind of putting my new twist to – some things that were in place and, you know, adding, subtracting some stuff. But I think overall it went pretty well. Talk about that relationship with Coach Bechtel. Of course, you played for Coach Bechtel at Farmington. Um, what has he brought to your um, coaching style um, to, to for you personally? Because you played for him. Yep, played for him. Uh, and I coached for him, you know, out of college. He, he offered me a coaching position and uh, – you know, I learned a lot from him and, you know, I talk to him, you know, every so often and pick his brain because he's, he's a great football mind and, you know, he's been around the game, you know, longer than I have. So, you know, learning from him just how to run a program and, you know, the things to kind of watch out for, things to kind of focus on and really drive home to, you know, as far as communication, organization, you know, and then X's and O's, you know, everything everything that goes into being a head coach. It's not just, you know, just coaching football. It's you got to have your eye on the whole program and and managing, you know, staff and coaches and making sure everything's, you know, in line for, for the, for the kids to have that success. Talk about last year, you were the offensive coordinator for um, coach Saroch. I know that it was a really tough experience in the white. um, I mean, having the, having those struggles Um, talk about, um, Talk about, you know, last season a little bit, you know, um, coming into this year. Yeah, uh, you know, going into the white, obviously, you know, a lot of lot of familiar teams that I, I had coached against in the past. Um, but, you know, it was a struggle. We had, you know, number-wise, we weren't huge for, you know, at last year we were listed as a Division One team uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, we obviously we didn't have the numbers uh, as a Division One team program I didn't think and a lot of new faces to when it comes to you know playing time um you know at, especially at such a high level like having kids that have that experience is a, a huge factor and uh you know we had some great players and you know things just didn't fall in line for us 
But, uh, you know, this we, we had a lot of kids that are, had a lot of playing time last year that are returning, and that only makes us, you know, stronger uh, moving forward. Um, talk about the, um, you know, we talk about your program strength, and I think this is one that a lot of people don't always look at is your program strength. I mean, your junior varsity program last year had a really nice season um, playing against those tough competition. Um, talk about your um, the strength of your sub-varsity programs. Yeah, we, you know, we had, it's kind of a weird year, obviously, with COVID, and we had, uh, we basically had one, you know, merged JV freshman program, and then we're able to play a, like an, a JV A and B team, uh, as far as it, one, I forget what week it was, but um, then the kids got exposed on one of the teams, so we got to actually move them, they moved up with us for a little bit, but they, we had, we had pretty good success down there, I mean, kids got playing time, and that's really, you know, what we want our lower levels to do is to learn how to play the game and do it right. And then, you know, obviously with success, you know, it, it helps, but you know, I, I, I have experienced coaching freshmen in JV and, you know, our, our main goal and what my goal is for our coaches now is to get those kids ready to play at the next level. You know, when they move up to us, we want them to be able to tackle safely and, and know how to block and how to catch and, and do all the little things that are, you know, things that are overlooked many times by, by, you know, fans of the game that, you know, they, they move up and they know what they're doing and it makes that transition so much smoother for them as well. Um, talk about your returning players. Obviously you got a very good quarterback and Dominic Petra coming back, running back Jacob Sanders. Um, talk about how those two have been doing and meshing this off season and um, your receiving threats as well. This upcoming season, your offense, talk about your offense a little bit. Yeah, uh, so Pacey, he we he was actually our JV quarterback um, for most of the year, and we brought him up a uh, couple games, probably halfway through the year, and then he ended up starting the last, I think, two games of the year for us. So he's got he's got really good. He's got you know he's got his feet wet in that respect, and you know he's been a leader, and you know talking to kids like after plays, and you know when they're getting getting their water, and before. You know, showing up before we even start conditioning to get his own stuff, footwork drills in and whatnot. But, you know, he's been definitely been a leader uh, as far as, you know, being able to communicate with his teammates as well. And uh, Sanders, you know, he's he's a fire player. I mean, he's he's been working hard all off season. you know, in the weight room uh, camps and, you know, being at our, at our conditioning stuff and kind of is a, a, a strong vocal leader as well. And, uh, you know, when you have kids, you know, we have a few of them that are very strong in their leadership abilities and that helps kind of make that, that teamwork, that bond and brotherhood kind of come together. Um, but yeah, they've been, you know, doing what we ask them to do. And, you know, a lot of times it means more coming from their, their teammate than it does coming from a, uh, a coach all the time. So like they're able to do that as well. Um, you know, we've got, a handful of, of skill kids and that's probably going to be one of our strengths is we've got some kids that are seniors we got some juniors and we've got we may have a couple sophomores up that have been working with us um that you know playing receiver or defensive back and um uh, you know we've got two kids that were well three actually three players that were uh in the state four by one team for track uh in the state championship and then um you know, we've got uh, – that's Evan Martin, uh, Demetrian Moore, 
and William Coltrane. They 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 were three of the four um, around that on that four by one team. And then Jalen Silver's another kid that's been putting in a lot of work. Uh, had a little played last year with a little injury all year, and then mm-hmm. kind of had that corrected. And he's been working hard, and you know has really improved in in playing. He played quarterback for us. That's um, the one I wanted to talk about. Yep. With you was Jalen Silver, obviously. He played played quarterback for us last year and mm-hmm. was kind of there because we thought that was the, the the kind of the way we wanted to go with a mm-hmm. kind of a, a running and, and passing threat quarterback. And uh, he's going to be playing in the slot for us, which he did the last two games when we brought Pacey up. Because mm-hmm. he's, you know, Jalen's a uh, like a dynamic, you know, explosive uh, athlete. And he reminds so he me kinda... a little bit of Keith Nickel. You know what I mean? You remember Keith Nickel when he was yep. at Michigan Lowell. State? He played quarterback. Yep. Um, it was at Oklahoma. A little bit, then he went to quarterback. No, he went. He played. He played a little bit of quarterback. Then he went to wide receiver. Um, that is, you think he has comparisons to nickel? I mean, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, he's he's kind of in his own realm. I think uh, you know nickel. I remember um, when he was at Lowell because I had a buddy who played up there when mm-hmm. he was uh, there, and uh, you know nickel kind of I think got moved from quarterback because I think Sam Bradford was at at uh, Oklahoma yes. and uh, you know, Silver's Silver's uh, such a quality athlete to the point where he could probably play any position we want him to, you know, in the skill set. Um, and I think he's got definitely got some, some tools that are compared to what nickel did. And I think he's got some that are kind of unique to him and uh, he's exciting to see when he's got the ball in his hand. Cause you know, he, he's got the ability to run kids over and he's got the ability to, kind of shake them and, and juke them out but you know he does he does anything we ask him to do as far as you know position wise because you know we're we're at the uh you know in high school you, you can have a kid play receiver one year and running back another and you know he's kind of in that realm of he's got he's got enough skill and talent to play anywhere you want him to i'm talking about your offensive line i mean like your offensive defensive line of course um this was a very this was a strength for you guys last year. I mean, like, and then we're going to talk a defense in a minute here. But um, t- how's your offensive line going? How's the line looking for twenty twenty one? I think we'll be just fine. I mean, we have we have uh, two kids that re- returned from last year, uh, and then we have another kid coming up from the JV that's really got a good size, and we have a kid who's uh didn't play last year um, that will be. Uh, who's like a 4.2 student and uh IB student. And he's, he's fit in and, you know, he's a, he's a wrestler too. So it's like, you know, when you put those kind of athletes in there, it, it definitely helps. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're going to have that, that, that group is going to be probably one of the smarter groups that we have. I mean, as far as GPA wise, you know, and so we can, we can throw a lot at them and, and kind of have some checks when we need to, and they're able to, communicate and, and uh, get guys going in the right direction. Um, also, let's go to your defense. I mean, like, this was a this was a trouble area for you guys a year ago, your defense, um, giving up a lot of points. Um, talk about how this defense is going to look like in 2021. Uh, you know, defensively, we're going to be – you're going to change up some things. And, you know, we have a lot – again, we have some kids returning that played some major roles uh, for us last year. And, uh, you know, it definitely helps when you have that – you know, they have that experience and they're not, you know, nervous or whatever, but you know, when they're able to understand why we're doing things, you know, I think they're able to play a lot faster and 
you know, just the growth of what we've had since um, our first seven on seven this summer to what we did this past, you know, last week. Um, it's, it's been tremendous and, you know, kind of bringing in a new scheme with it, and, you know, changing what terms we may use and trying to keep as much as we can from what they're used to. But, um, you know, I think our, our secondary defensive backs really, uh, and, and linebackers this, this summer has, have really grown and kind of seen the importance of doing things the right way and doing things full speed when, um, when the ball snapped, I think, I, you know, May, obviously we don't want to give up big plays like we did last year at times. And, you know, we'll, uh, we have our points of emphasis and, and what we hang our hat on that we'll live by. Joey, you have any questions for coach? Uh, yeah, coach. It just seems like you're big on like fundamentals and just pure athletes that, you know, multi-sport athletes. And I know that a lot of the narrative has changed these days to, you know, people are focusing on one sport. Do you just, value pure athleticism and those fundamentals over anything else basically uh you know i am a huge huge component of multi-sport athletes um coming from you know our lady of the lakes where i was you know we (laughs) we get done with football and i think all but one kid on the basketball team was a football player right you know and then they'd go into baseball or track or or golf and i think you know it's 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 important just for a growth of an athlete as far as like their competitive competitiveness. Um, and then just, you know, a lot of kids I know that focus on just one sport, you know, and that's where a lot of times you see those injuries because you're doing the same repetitive motion. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I've been pushing, you know, telling kids all off season, you know, get in the track. You know, when I got hired, I was like, get in the track or baseball or lacrosse. And, uh, We've had quite a few kids that are involved or that were involved in all three of those um, and even into the summer. And, you know, obviously you want your kids to be around as much as possible when you're doing stuff. But, like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, bash a kid because he's got another sport and I want him to be active. And uh, I just think it, you know, makes you more well-rounded and kind of teaches you different lessons as you go through with high school because, again, you don't, you don't get a whole lot of time in, in high school to, uh, to play, you know, once you graduate, there's not a whole lot of, uh, rec leagues that you can get into for football and, and stuff like that. So I want our kids to be, you know, the most well-rounded they can athletically and academically. And, um, absolutely. I mean, fundamentals, you know, just little doing the little things, right. Kind of carry over to what you're doing in the classroom. And, you know, I try to keep everything in perspective, like, your grades are, you know, you don't turn your homework in. That's like not doing your assignment and, and, and the block with mm-hmm. the line. So, yeah. You no. Know. Talk about your schedule this year. Of course, obviously, I, I want your intake on the Farmington Cup. Of course, that is a um, rivalry around Farmington, obviously, the, um, the, um, between North Farm, between you guys and North Farmington. Um, talk about the transition from going down from the white to the blue, how that's going to be, and how are the players feeling about that? that going down to the blue um so obviously week one is is rivalry week which is kind of a a, a different deal because usually it's the end of the year and you get to kind of watch them all through the season and see what they've been doing and who's standing out and obviously they they have some kids that are you know i think uh going or getting offers to play at the next level which is great um mm-hmm. 
but you know it's kind of a, co- a cool deal because we get to go in and week one you know a lot of times is about who uh <laughs> who doesn't make the most mistakes because you know you're getting getting back into full contact and uh and and uh I think it's it's a great I was glad that when I heard that that was at least on the schedule because I knew moving to the blue like there's there's a lot more teams and not as many uh open open uh weeks so you know I'm I'm excited and I know our kids are and I'm sure their kids are as well and you know just getting ready ready to go in the camp and you know that can be something we can keep our, our eye on, but really just focus on getting us ready. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's uh, a very interesting game going up there to Tom Holland Field. That's not going to be an easy game taking on that Raider team that, you know, it's not, they had a lot of success last year. So they did, you know, so. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, like, like I said, it's, a, I, I always look at it. Well, it's not, not too far of a bus trip for us. And, you know, especially like last year, we drove up to Lake Orion. That was a haul, and mm-hmm. you know, at least keep our our kids will be a little more focused than being on a bus for a while. And you know, obviously, when you have you know uh, two schools and and basically one city, and you kid know all know each other, it makes it a little more you know juiced up and ready to go. And I obviously I expect nothing but the best from them. Um, very talented team and. You know the coaching staff is is great. You know I've I remember uh, when a couple of them were at Harrison and yep, just Hursty, talking to John them Harrington, at, yep, yep, talking to them at, at clinics and whatnot. And they're great guys and uh, like you know look forward to the challenge for sure. Um, talk uh, about the um. Uh, uh, oh, I was gonna say I, I didn't know if you wanted me to talk about the blue. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm. That's my next question here. Oh. We we'll talk about the division now. Of course, you're some. Formidable teams in there, but there's one question I always wonder, though, is, and I'm not dissing or anything, but you look at what Rochester did last year. Of course, it went undefeated for the first time since um, 1993, but was blown out by Rochester Adams in the first round. Um, has that has that been in your mind a little bit? I, I mean, not uh, yes and no. I know every year is, every year is different, and, and to me, you know, the OAA is one of the, you know, top to bottom, one of the better conferences around primarily because, you know, you have great coaches um, and you have kids that are, are, are working hard and you see, you know, across the board and in, in every division that there's kids with offers already and, you know, or, or they're committed to a college to play at the next level. Um, you know, I, we looked at it as like, you know, Rochester, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about them. I know I, I'm pretty sure they had a, very senior heavy team. Nope, they did not. They were a young team. Oh, were they? Yeah. Well, and that's me. You know, a lot of times that occurs though, where teams have a lot of kids returning and they're really strong and then they get, they're really good. And then, you know, I, I, there was a team I'm trying to think years ago that had like, like 26 seniors on it. And that was like their best season ever. And then they all graduated and there wasn't a whole lot left, but you know, I look at it as, you know, Every week you go into a game and, you know, you could be going against the best team in the in the state or in the nation and they have a bad game somehow and they get popped. And so I look, you know, playoffs are a whole new whole new world when you get into them and it, you start fresh. Everybody's zero and zero. And then uh, we, you know, you do what you can to, to, to fight to stay in it. And uh, the blue is, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know a whole lot of the, the teams as far as 
I've heard of them and, and whatnot. I don't know what kind of kids they all, I know some have some, some top talent kids that are already offered and have division one or division two kids ready to go. And I just, I think I look at it as we're going to take it one week at a time, you know, and, and break down the opponent and then uh, try to see how we want to attack it and how we want to stop them. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, you look at, you know, you have the red with a lot larger schools and then the, the white's got a kind of a mix now. And, and, and even in the blue now, there's not like, uh, <clears throat> there's, there is a mix as well where you have, division one you have some division two schools and you have a couple division three i believe so Mm -hmm. i think it's a well-rounded overall and i look at it you know it's a challenge that doesn't matter what league you're in you know you try to win as many as you can and and uh make your playoff run after and uh i look forward to again it's when you go against the same schools every year you know you already know what they're going to do and stuff like that. Now it's for me, for our coach staff, it's going to be kind of breaking down what they're doing or what they've done and, and trying to uh, get our kids to play how we want them to do it or, you know, play it and, uh, and execute. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the, um, let's talk about your uniforms. Obviously um, we know Farmington. No, I've been, I've known them for, traditionally for the Penn state look. Um, I've also, when you played at Farmington, they went to the, um, blue helmet look i mean like so um talk about your uniforms you know what i mean for yeah. farmington <laughs> yeah we <laughs> I, mean, I am a uniform I, guru yeah. i i think back when i played uh i think my freshman year was bechtel's first as the head coach and he had brought in i think the, the baltimore ravens were an expansion team back then mm-hmm. and they had their like with their winged shield on the side and mm-hmm. he kind of took off with that and you know i went to college and and uh think they went into the Denver Bronco look mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know obviously I came back and started coaching we had the white helmets and the Penn State look which I think is you know that's a pretty clean look and mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm not <laughs> the uh, the amount of money that goes into paying for all new jerseys I'm not trying to you know do that every year just because I'm new trying to get a whole new setter I like the jersey we had you know we're gonna try to uh, you know obviously get some get some uh wins under those jerseys again this year but uh you know our helmets we're we're going with a different look um mm-hmm. not going with the penn state or the stripe and how coach Saroch had his uh the, the head of the falcon or whatever on the side uh we're yeah, gonna I go didn't really like that too well you know that that, hel- <laughs> that falcon head i just thought that if you just go with the pure wings look you know what i mean perfect yeah and that's that's kind of what we're going with um Found, got a got a kind of I don't know if it's custom made, but you know I know I think years ago they that one point they tried to do the the Oregon Duck wings and we're we're going we got a, a different look now and it's you know kind of a thing you know where I look at it as kids got to earn their wings and um and and I think it'll kind of bring a little excitement and and the kids were pretty pretty pumped about it when I showed them what did they look like and um pretty pretty clean look for for what i think we want to do um before i let you go um joey have any more questions for coach i think i'm good um okay i'm before i let you go um what are your expectations this year coach before i um, let you go uh i mean my expectation is for our kids to you know obviously play their hardest and you know and execute what we what the game plan is and um you know i go i look i don't 
you know, I don't ever say like, we're going to win this many games when I go into a season. It's, you know, can we be, can we have that hunger to, to win every game and do what we're supposed to do to, to earn the right to win the game? And, uh, you know, I look at it as a week by week challenge and you start looking too far ahead and then it's, you know, it's, uh, gets you into trouble. So, you know, obviously, you know, our goal is to try to win our division and, and make a run in the playoffs and, and win some, uh, some trophies in that respect as well. And, you know, I, I just look forward to the challenge that we have and, uh, know week one's gonna be here in and i think what 25 days mm-hmm. so not too long, not too long. yeah i mean like and then one more one more question and i know it's a little off topic but um but i want to i want your thoughts on the i know the oa is going to be expanding next year um the league will be um what's your thoughts on harper woods coming in the oa you know i heard i heard they were doing i think uh from what i heard they might be in in during the winter, but I don't yes, they're going to be in that. the they are in the league during the winter. Yeah, so I mean that definitely will be have obviously adding teams like that, and they're they're well coached, and they have again they got a lot of athletes that are Division One, Two bound, and uh, I think you know I'll be interested to see how they decide to to cut up the the OAA because I think you know there's a lot in the blue right now, and then there's mm-hmm you know, not as many in the red. So how, you know, I'm not sure where they'll, they'll fit them in because mm-hmm. I want to say they're probably a division three school. Yes, they are. Um, so, I mean, but you know, they may, may put them right in the middle to see where they're at for a year or two. And, you know, I, I've always, you know, heard there's been talk of adding, you know, having more divisions uh, than just the three mm-hmm. kind of like what the Mac did with a bunch of different ones. But mm-hmm. obviously it's, you know, you're just trying to make as many of the games competitive and, and equal in, in that respect. And um, it'll be interesting. I mean, adding a team like that and, you know, I've heard there's could be some other changes that occur in the OAA. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's all stuff that's above my pay grade. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, know. Do. I hear you. <laughs> You know, um, thank you, Coach Jason Albright. Um, looking forward to seeing you at Media Day coming up this week. And um, and best of luck to you guys and you guys this season. Good luck, Coach. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Have a good one. Yep. I mean, so what was your thoughts? I mean, you know? I like that, that style of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I asked the question about um, athleticism and just multi-sport basically it's more of an rpo offense you think farmington's going to run more of that spread formation a little yeah. bit you know right and i i like that kind of the mentality of just you know getting athletes getting guys that you know play multiple sports like like jason said it's important to play different different sports so you get mm-hmm. different points of movement you're not doing the same thing so there's a less 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 uh, injury risk and things I'll, like that. So. I'll be really honest. Yeah, I really like the hire that Tim McLeish did at Jason. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's a really he's a good coach. He's he yeah. knows what he. I mean, like I mean Farmington alum. Obviously, you know that helps a lot. I mean, like um, yep. I really like the hire that um he made for um football hiring Jason. Um, yeah. I am curious to see um former coach Corey Sorocha what he's going to do at Wall Lake Western. I mean, we've seen what he we mm-hmm. know what um. He did at Farmington, so I'm curious to see what he's going to do at Wall Lake Western, right. especially when you look at the Lakes Valley. Now, I know we're talking Lakes Valley, mm-hmm. um, and you still got some good teams. You got Sodline in there, you got um, Lakeland's in there, who's going to be very good. Yeah. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with with them. But 
back to Farmington, I think when you look at Farmington early on, um, that game against North Farmington, and I know that will be televised on Farmington Public Access Channel 10. Um, We know what North Farmington's got. I mean, like, they're going with the new quarterback with Ryan Shelby. They got Aaron Rice, Jasper Beeler, wide receiver. They got questions up front and at the running game. Um, So you think Farmington's going to have their hands full with North Farmington? Oh, yeah, definitely. And But at the same time, it'll set the tone for the season. Like, Mm -hmm. if, you know, Farmington has a good game against North Farmington, they'll kind of know where they're at already in the blue. And it'll just – and then if they can pull off a win, I mean – then sky's the limit at that point. I've looked at other media projections, and they're high on Farmington. They mm-hmm. are very high, especially with the experience they got back. Right. Um, I still – you got Berkeley and Ferndale, I think, are going to be really good teams this year. Yeah, um, we've, we've been seeing Berkeley get better and better. Mm-hmm, under Coach Sean Shields. I mean, like, we had him a couple weeks ago. We had Billy Keenis on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked Troy Athens. I think it's a dark horse team to watch is Troy Athens and Troy. Yeah. I mean, and then you have Bloomfield Hills. I, I still don't, I still don't know about, you know, how to figure Bloomfield Hills out, especially after um, the the final two weeks where they lost. Um, they were outscored. Um, it was not a pretty sight, but it was it was. Um, but I'm Bloomfield Hills, a team of mystery for me. And then Pontiac under coach, um, new coach Keith Wade, um, Ken Wade. I think. They're going to be better. I've seen them seven out seven. Yeah, um, they've really improved. And then Avondale, of course, we know they got experience coming back. So the Blues going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. I yeah, mean, like I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's another OAA division. You know that from top to bottom, it it's hard to tell uh, year in and year out exactly who's going to be the clear cut favorite mm-hmm. at least. I mean, like, and then of course in the red, we know about West Bloomfield in the red. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Clarkston, Oxford, Lake Orion, um, Southfield Arts and Tech, and Stony Creek. I mean, the white, you have, um, the white's going to be the one that's going to be the most interesting. I mean, you got, yeah. um, you really look at it here. You got, um, the favorite has to be Adams, especially with the offense they run, you know, um, the veer option offense that they run. Um, then you have the, then you have North Farmington. Groves is going to be probably the most interesting team out of the whole bunch because, yeah. I know they got they're gonna go with the freshman quarterback in Caden Hardy. Um they got Zach Rogers, who of course is the son of former Michigan State and Detroit Lions and Saginaw great Charles Rogers. Mm. And then they have Jaden Magnum on that team. So mm. Groves is an interesting team to keep an eye on. Rochester, the 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 question I asked um Jason was Let's remember Rochester because Rochester was in the very same boat as um, Farmington was last year, as yeah. Farmington is this year. Mm-hmm. Rochester went undefeated last year, except when they re- they made the playoffs as a two seed, but got trounced by Rochester Adams, a team that you know underperformed expectations, but mm-hmm. very young team, but they just got trounced by Adams, and yeah. that was a head scratcher for me when they lost that one 39 to seven. Um, but it's like coach coach said today is mm-hmm. like, you know, you, a lot of teams go into it where playoffs are a reset. It's mm-hmm. back to square one. And if you play at your best, you can take on anybody. Mm-hmm. And when I look at Farmington this year, they got a lot of experience coming back. I think they've learned a lot from being in the white a year ago. You know, um, 
They, I mean, going up against the likes of um, going up against Stony Creek, going up against Grove, Seaholm, um, North Farmington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that'll get to you. Then they played non-league games against Lake Orion. I mean, right. like that was, and we we saw that game. Yeah, that was very difficult to watch for. Um, that was very difficult to watch last year for them against Lake Orion in that game. Right. Um. Okay, now, um, final thoughts on Farmington. I think this is going to be a good team. I really do. Um, I'm curious to see where they're going to be at heading mm-hmm. into the year. Um, this is a team that I think could win the blue. Yeah. But they could finish as low as third. I mean, like, I just think when you look at the teams in that division, the two teams that I think could be Farmington's toughest teams in the blue are Farm- are um, Berkeley and Ferndale. Mm-hmm. I think that... um. Berkeley, we talked about the experience, and then Ferndale, and just something about Eric Royal's team that you know they don't get they do they do much more with less. And right. yes, I know they're a co-op team, but I, there's just something there with Ferndale that you know mm-hmm. they'll just coming out of nowhere and shock you. You know, yeah. they'll come out it's of kind of like the uh, the old Michigan State teams. Mm-hmm. Antonio didn't always take five star recruits. He got those four stars and just. Built a program that that's of guys descri- that he wanted. That's what I described Ferndale. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's basically that type of Michigan State team doing more with less. Yeah. I mean, like, and probably I'm also curious to see how Troy Athens does in that division. Also, Troy. Um, Troy, let's not forget they were two and sixteen prior to last year's four and four mark when they upset Bloopy Hills in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, let's go to now a little bit of a scheduling conflict. Um. Yep. I want to go there. Um, Clarkston. I mean, like everybody. I'm looking at the schedules in Clarkston. You know, they got eight. They got nine games. Um, now Utica Ford dropped them off the schedule to play in week nine, and instead they're going to play Ann Arbor Pioneer. Mm-hmm. So now Clarkston's stuck at eight games. Um, when you look at Clarkston this season, you know they got who they got coming back. Yeah, Mike DePillo. Mm-hmm. You have them. Um, Ethan Clark at running back. Davis York is another running back. Um, they got some good receivers um, as well. I mean, like, and then they're off, their lines of question mark, even though Cole Dillinger's on that line. Um, the strength of that defense is their linebackers. Of course, they got Kavanaugh Ditton coming in from Plymouth Salem, who the transfer there. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal with Desmond Steffens and um, and um, Mackay Battle. Um, so when you look at Clarkston, I mean, the fact that this team is only playing eight games, I just don't understand why nobody wants to step up and play Clarkston. Right. Hi. I mean, around here, they're a powerhouse. So Yes, they're a powerhouse, you know? I mean, you would hope that teams would want to, you know, play one of the better teams in the state. Mm-hmm. But, um... But when you look at, when you look at playoffs, how to get in the playoffs, and you, if you, they base it off your strength of schedule. Yeah, with the, new, with the new playoff... Uh, rules and how you get in, it, I agree. It would make more sense to be like, oh, let's let's go play Clarkson because if you look any bit competitive against Clarkson, that's going to really help your playoff chances. Yes, it does. I mean, like, and you're looking at, of course, they took away the six win component, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say here, if if you're Utica Ford, this is a missed opportunity for you mm-hmm. because, and I feel bad for the kids at Clarkson because. Not only does your varsity do that, can't play that game, but your freshman and JV can't play that game. Right. I just feel so bad for those kids. Yeah. I have a lot of confidence in athletic director Jeff Cozen that he will find a ninth game for 
Clarkson. I think that they will find a night game. I mean, like, remember two years ago, same problem. Even Mm -hmm. though though they had to play Southfield Arson Tech twice. But when I look at Clarkson, I mean, this is a team that I think could, you know, if there's a team out there that is willing to play them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, like I know, and I'm not counting anybody in the red because I know everybody in the red is playing Clarkston, right? But there's got to be some teams out there that have to, you know what? I, you know what? I mean, like play them. You know, yeah. I know Oak Park. I know was looking for a week nine game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so could that be a possibility? Clarkston yeah. Oak Park, maybe that's a possibility. But I just think that you know, for a school to chicken out, you know what I mean on playing Clarkston. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's sad. And I, I, I feel for those, for the coaches, the players, the fans, the administration, you know, that they don't, they're not playing a night, a night game right now. Yeah. But that could all change. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, you would, I would think that they'll figure out a way to get a, a ninth game in because, again, like you said, you, if you play especially an eight-game like, schedule, that's a problem. You especially know I mean? for any seniors, too. You you want to get the most possible games that they can mm-hmm. play. And if you're playing an eight-game schedule, you know what I mean, then, you know, that's a problem. You know, mm-hmm. like, you look at last year, you know what I mean? I know it was a COVID year, right. but everybody got to make the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. like, do you see in the future an eight-game schedule and everybody makes the playoffs? I know several te- several states have that format do you see that ever possible in the state of michigan i i mean i could never count it out i mean that's what you know you see from basketball and stuff like that everybody makes it in so for football i don't see why not necessarily i don't know if i fully agree to it but i could see it and it, it could be fun because you know you're giving everybody a shot an extra game um, I mean, last year it worked out perfectly. I mean, yeah. like I thought last year was very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, now there were some matches I thought, you know, were going a little whack a little bit. I mean, yeah. like considering... I think that's I think that's the only problem that you might end mm-hmm. up having is there'd be some some weird matchups that you could get. Mm-hmm. But what the MHA did last year was they put every football team in a district mm-hmm. and they made them play. You know what I mean? They made them play throughout the playoffs. Um, and I'll tell you what, I really thought that that format was a success. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I mean, like, I thought there was talk possibility of maybe going going to it this year, you know, but they went back to the format of, um, you know, but um, I, I think last year, and I know Ian agrees with me on this, was last year's playoff format yeah. was very successful. Mm-hmm. So... I think there's a lot to really look at. If you're Mark Eel and the MHA executive, um, executive council, representative council, I think you need to look look at the look at that possibility of maybe right. playing um, play playing an eight game schedule regular season and have everybody make the playoffs. I think that would be really yeah. really interesting. I know this it's it's open to subject to debate, mm-hmm. but I think it would certainly help teams out. You know what I mean? Right. If they did this type of format. Yeah, and and again, it's just fun for you know everybody to get a playoff experience. I know mm-hmm. me coming from basketball, it was always fun to be like, oh, we might not have had the greatest season, but we do have you know our first round of playoffs where you have a chance to maybe redeem your season, mm-hmm. which is always a, a fun. I mean, thing to I do. look at a team like Pontiac. You know what I mean? Pontiac last year, you know, you know, really struggled at zero and seven. They um, but they ended up going up the Bay City um Western for their um, first round playoff game and. Mm-hmm. 
not a good experience, but you know, but they got to taste what playoff right. football looks like. Exactly. You know, yeah. so I think it I think it's a good idea, you know, yeah. to be honest with you, to have playoffs type of that type of stance. Right. When it comes to postseason. Yeah. And that's that's the thing with Clarkston now is if if by some chance we're pretty positive they'll be able to figure out a ninth mm-hmm. opponent. But if they for some reason didn't that could just be having trouble. That, having that big gap between their eighth game and the playoffs, it could be. We know that, and it happened to Farmington two years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. like you know, Farmington finished seven and one. Now they had to go to Oak Park. They won that game though, but yeah. but that's not an easy gap, especially when right. you don't have a week nine game. Yeah, it always makes it a little bit tough. It's very difficult. I mean, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping Clarkson finds a night game. Um, obviously. Um, I think they will. I have a lot of confidence in their administration, their athletic director Jeff Cozen, um, that they can get this um, worked out. So, yeah. okay, now let's go from football. Um, let's go to a little bit of an area that you like, and that's basketball, of course. <laughs> um, being the views of sideline hosts, obviously. Um, you know, the MHA did release their districts last week. Um, I did talk to um, Ian about the um, districts. We talked a little bit more. More side on the details, but um, but I don't know if you've looked at the districts yet. But um, I've not gotten a chance yet. But I'm looking at the districts. I'm gonna go boys first, and I think I think probably you have the defending state champions. Grand Blank is in a district with um, with Flint, Kearsley, Davison, Lapeer, and Oxford. Of course, you. I don't know if you heard the storylines about surrounding what Davis, what's been going on around Davison, um, with their new head coach, um. Um, coming over from Flint Beecher and a Mike um and Michael in a Michael Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. you look at um well Mike Williams. Um, I, I mean like this is a really interesting um and if you're Oxford, this is basically a sentence for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's really tough. Mm-hmm. That's a tough schedule for Oxford district or district. Yeah. Um, uh, Grand Blanks always a tough school. They won the state title last year. Exactly. Uh, Davison also always, always very tough. Lapierre's so improved. Yep. Lapierre's improving and yeah. It's, Oxford's got it <laughs> yeah, tough. You're right. That That's is... the same thing in the girls too. They got that same district there as well. So, you know, when you really look at it, Grand Blank, you know, on the girls side, very solid. Mm-hmm. Davison, we know what they got. Yeah. Lapierre's an improving team. I think in the girls, you know what I mean? Oxford's got a more of a chance there. Yeah, the girls, the boys, it can be really, really tough selling. Yeah, for them, but uh, it can also make for you know an exciting district at the same time where Oxford can go in there with you know kind of that dark horse mentality. I know back back in my day when uh, I was Brandon was in a district, Brandon Fenton, and then we had Grand Blank and Clarkston. Yikes! And it was brutal for back then. Mm-hmm. But twenty uh, twelve. Mm-hmm. When Fenton knocked off Clarkson, yeah, was that was the upset of the year. One of the craziest games. They like, went to the division um one state quarterfinals that year. Yeah, I remember one that. The, one of the craziest uh, upsets I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. you know, there's always a possibility, even though it's a tough district. And I know, like as as myself, I always enjoyed playing tougher opponents, getting uh, that chance. Speaking of it, we're going to talk more districts here too. We got District Five at Romeo, um, for boys, girls. It's at um. Lake Orion, you got it's the same teams there: Lake Orion, Rochester, Adams, Stony Creek, Romeo, Utica, Eisenhower. Um, when you're looking at this district, and we've seen Lake Orion play, we know what Adams has coming back um, mm-hmm. on the boys' side. 
I mean, Romeo's a dark horse team. Utica Eisenhower, we know, has got a really good, um, really good point guard coming back and um, Preston Crum. Um, so when you look at this district here, and then Rochester, we know about the Nate Ebola coming over, taking over that program. So mm-hmm. when you look at this district, this I think this district could be very competitive. Yeah, and on the I, boys' side. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of our own, I. I'm really curious to see how Lake Orion's going to fare this season. Mm-hmm. Um, going up the white this year. Yeah, so it they got a lot of potential, um, but there's also a lot of question marks. Yes. So I'm interested to see how they'll do in this in this district because, like you said, it is a pretty mixed bag. Like there's the Adams is Adams is going to be very good. They're going to be tough. Um, Rochester, we know they're solid. Yep. Romeo, we know what they got. Eisenhower, we know what they got. Yeah, so if... if Stony Creek's pretty young, but we know what they got. Yeah, so if Lake Orion can, you know, figure it out this year, then that's going to be a really fun district, like you're saying. On the girls' side, I think it's, I think it's Lake Orion. We're looking at a possible Lake Orion-Stony Creek collision course. Mm-hmm. Um, Adams most likely be a possible dark horse under first-year coach Joe Malberg. Yeah. Um, but it's looking like it's that in the girls' side. It's looking like it's going to be a dragon-cougar. Yeah. District final. Yeah, we've been seeing how strong Stony Creek has been over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And then Lake Orion just, they keep, and the girls, they just keep getting more and more momentum each mm-hmm. year, it feels like. And they, they keep getting improvements. Uh, they're looking better and better. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that as the final. Yeah, I do too. And that will be on one TV, that district at Lake Orion. Yeah, it definitely will be. <laughs> how about this for a district? Ian and I broke this down last week. And this is where Clarkson's at. For okay. both their boys and girls. The boys is at Waterford Mott. The girls is at Waterford Kettering. But here's your district. Hmm. Avondale, Clarkston, Pontiac, Waterford Kettering, Waterford Mott. Wow. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? <laughs> My initial thoughts are that Clarkston should be able to just run away with that. They should in both <laughs> boys and girls. Right. I think um, they will, but... That, yeah, that's an interesting grouping. Yeah, weird grouping. Yeah, you know? I know on the girls' side, Kettering has been pretty strong. Um, they got the Makaya past- Holland, and now she put up 30, I think 37 on Clarkston mm-hmm. last year. Um, but, um, you know, one can't, doesn't be five. And oh, right, I know Clarkston's exactly. got a new coach, and they're good now. Um, mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, that, can, yeah, that, that could that be really should, tough. Yeah, I could see that being really, really tough. Yeah. Um, District 26 at Royal Oak. You got Royal Oak, Berkeley, Oak Park, Detroit Mumper, Detroit Renaissance, UD Jesuit um, on the boys' side. And then the girls' side, you take UD Jesuit out, um, and it's those five teams. Okay. So, and that will be played at um, the boys at Royal Oak. The girls is at Detroit Renaissance. The Mm -hmm. girls, it's all Detroit Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the Phoenix went to state final a year ago under Mm -hmm. Coach Cheney Law. Um, They got some talent coming back. Um, Berkeley's an interesting team in the girls. They got Ashley Loon. Um, mm-hmm. curious to see how she's going to do this season for coach Kirk Carolyn. Um, you, you, I don't know if you've looked at the video, um, from, and the boys side between, um, Oak Park and, um, and UD Jesuit from a year ago. Mm-hmm. First overtime Oak Park's up four. um, Sonny Wilson dribbles, dribbles, Hits a three, hits a three point shot, gets fouled. Mm. That was crazy. <laughs> you never want to foul a three point shooter, and especially with about with no time on the clock. Yeah, that's what makes it worse. Mm. 
So if you're Oak Park, Oak Park's going to be Oak Park should be improved. Yeah. Um, I mean, with the talent they got, um, Royal Oak. Too many questions for me. Royal Oak's got a lot of questions. Um, yeah, pl- especially against like an Oak Park UD Jesuit. Oak Park UD Jesuit. UD Jesuit just... loaded for Coach. I mean, for Coach Pat Donnelly. Got Sonny Wilson back. They got mm-hmm. others as well. Um, Detroit Renaissance is Detroit Renaissance. Yeah, there's Mumford just some... should be okay, but we'll see. Yeah, that's just a tough district for some of those. Yeah, it is. Um, watch out for Berkeley in that district. I think they're a dark horse. Mm. Um, I think they are. Um, district 27. Um, this one's going to be interesting. For the boys, you got Farmington, North Farmington, Southwood Artson Tech, Livonia Stevenson, and Redford Thurston. Um, you take North Farmington, and the girls are out, and they're in a different district, but... When I look at this one here, this is district is North Farmington's to lose. Yeah. I mean, Farmington's looking for a new coach. Um, Livonia Stevenson's can probably be the team to beat in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, District 28 is going to be the kiss of death district. I mean, could you just imagine this for a district at West Bloomfield? Oh, I've, I've found it now. <laughs> yeah. You got Groves, Seaholme, Bloomfield Hills, West Bloomfield, Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, Birmingham, Brother Rice. That's just the boys. Mm-hmm. And the girls, you put North Farmington girls in there and um, wow. Birmingham Marion's in there. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, that's... boy. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it'll be a fun one to watch. Oh, absolutely. That's it'll be a fun sure. one to watch, especially when you look at, I think, in the boys' side, you got three teams, uh, maybe four teams, I think, that got good shots. Yeah. Um, When you look at, obviously, Orchard Lake St. Mary's has to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. Birmingham Brother Rice is right there. Bloomfield Hills, people ask me about them. I mean... I like what they're one of the favorites in the white this year. Um, you got Noah Adamchick back. They got um Derek Lee back. Um, I really think that Burned. I really think Bloomfield Hills. They're a dark horse team, mm-hmm. and you never count out. Can't count out the host West Bloomfield. I mean, yeah. you got Mitchell C. Ryan Hurst there. Um, and then on the, and then it got Groves. I know they got Aaron Lutz there. Um, um, and then Seaholm, of course, you know. They've got some questions this season. They got to address right. um, on the girls' side. Birmingham Marion and West Bloomfield are the two teams that really stand out. Yeah. Um, West Bloomfield, of course, you have the you have the Hendricks sisters, you have the Davis sisters, you have Mayanna Hooper. Birmingham Marion, they are loaded. Of course, you got mm-hmm. you got Sarah Sylvester on that team. You got, I mean, like, and I know Coach Mary Cicerone very well. Yeah. Um, when you look at that district, and I know North Farmington's in there. This is such a difficult district, you know yeah. what I mean? Especially when you look at everything that's going on this offseason, especially in the girls' side. Mm-hmm. Groves is going through a new coach, uh, coaching change and everything with Allison Heidi taking over there. Um, Seaholm, we know they're a well-coached team under coach Chris Manchester. Um, so, tough district there at West Bloomfield. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, though. With the, some storylines there. The possible final, though, could be really exciting. West Bloomfield, Birmingham, Marion. Yeah. That winner could that possibly go deep into the postseason. Could go to yeah. Breslin, maybe. Right. Yeah, you could see somebody come out of that district. Yeah, I'm. I'm really think you can. I mean, and then let's go to district number twenty nine. This one's at Troy. Um, the boys, the girls' district is only four teams. I mean, you take out mm-hmm. you have Troy, Troy, Athens, Warren Cousineau, Warren Woods Tower. Uh, we'll go over Tro- girls in a minute here, but the boys got Troy, Troy, Athens, Warren DSL. Warren Cousin, Warren Mott, Warren Woods Tower. Hmm. De La Salle's the favorite in that district. Yeah. But 
You got can't count out Athens. You can't count out Troy. You can't right. count out both those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls' side of things for me is probably the one for Troy. Mm-hmm. Is you've had three years. Yeah, three years. We've heard you've been really good in the regular season, but you've not gotten the job done in the postseason. Right. So, and anytime you have players like Alyssa Mantuza, Kendall Zider, Shara Sabaka, I mean, Mia, Mia Val Otis, I mean, like. They're a deep team. They're a deep team, but yeah. they haven't gotten the job done in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Twice they lost to Utica in the first round. And then when they got the district semifinal game last year, um, lost to Rochester. So, what, if you're Coach Julius Porter, what do you got to say to your kids? I mean, at this point, it's just, you know, you got to. You got to keep moving. You got to keep. Uh, it's a new year. It's a new season. They're probably going to have another really good regular season. Mm-hmm. And it's just they got to be able and to get that. they're in the red, too, this year. They just got to get that mental block, you know, out of their heads. The two teams that stand in their way are going to be Troy Athens and Warren Cousineau. Mm-hmm. Cousineau last year won 11 games a year ago. Yeah. And they got some experience coming back. Troy Athens, we know what they got back. Of mm-hmm. course, you look at um, you look at what Coach Casey Klump has coming back, of course, by... um. You know, they, I mean, they, they're solid. Troy Athens, I mean, like, they're better than what people think they are. You know, right. They're a lot better. Exactly. I think that's going to be really dangerous for Troy. And if they and if they don't win that district, then something's wrong. Yeah. Um, Let's go to Division 2 now. we got two more districts to talk about. Um, District 58, we got Ferndale, Ferndale U, Detroit Country Day, Detroit Jalen Rose Academy, and Detroit Old Redford Academy are in this district. It's at Birmingham, Detroit Country Day. Um, when I look at the girls' side of things, you know, three of those teams did not field teams last year. Mm-hmm. And the only two teams that I know that fielded teams were Ferndale University and Birmingham, Detroit Country Day. Yeah, Country Day went to the Division II state semifinal a year ago. Right. And... I don't really see Ferndale University or anybody in that district could, that can knock them off. Yeah. I really don't. The boys could be really interesting mm-hmm. because Ferndale last year went to the Division II state semifinal. Yeah. Um, they lost to a very good Grand Rapids Catholic Central team. Mm-hmm. Then you have Birmingham Detroit Country Day. Host team. Got a lot of experience coming back. We know about the tradition. Right. Shane Battier, the Chris Weber, yep. you know, Kirk Keener. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're always there mm-hmm. every year. And then Fernet University, in my opinion, is a dark horse team, even though they had their struggles last year. They, you know, I remember when they played uh, the Lake, Lake Orion. Orion. Mm-hmm. Like, they looked pretty good at times. Mm-hmm. I obviously, you know, they had a couple, you know, hiccups, some downfalls, but overall, you can see the potential for that. Team. They got a lot of experience coming back, but they're gonna have a new coach, so yeah. that's gonna be really interesting to see what happens there with Ferndale U. But right. I think they're a dark horse. You know, yeah. if they play a team like Detroit Country Day, um, I think they can give them problems. I really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And then the last district, of course, involves the new team in the OA, the Har- Harper Woods Pioneers. Um, they are in a district with um, – they are at East Point for their um, – they're at East Point. Um, the girls one, I don't know where they're at for the girls' side, but they're in a district with Detroit Denby, Denby Detroit Osborne, East Point, Harperwood Chandler Park Academy and St. Clair Shores South Lake. Mm. So when you look at this one in the girls' side, Harperwood Chandler Park Academy and both boys and girls, they have to be favored. Mm. You know, especially what they've done in the past. Now Harperwood Chandler Park Academy 
did not play the district final regional final last year because of the um because of the um COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. So do you see Harper Woods possibly going in there and winning the boys and girls districts? Now they both have a lot of experience coming back, but on the boys side, I know they're looking for a new coach. Yeah. Um and if I mean if you're looking for a new coach, that's always tough. Yes, it is. But like you said too, if if they have a lot of experience coming back, that's that's usually pretty strong uh, for some power teams to just be able to have that experience coming back. And you know, Harper Woods is one of the favorites in the gold and the boys and the blue and the girls are one of the favorites. Right. Um, I think Harper Woods has got a good shot to win both districts. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, like if they can get by, but the team that they got to get by is Harper Woods Chandler Park Academy. And yeah. That's going to be the big challenge, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, see, After seeing all these districts, um, what district are you curious on seeing on, Joey? I mean, I always have to be interested on the Lake Orion district. Um, I mean, we're always a part of it. But uh, to be honest, which I think district four or... I mean, 28, I think, is yeah. interesting, too. That's tough. That's going to be tough. Just because how tough it is. Mm-hmm. Um, both which, districts at West Bloomfield. Yeah, St. Mary's, Brother Rice. Like, that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, Bloomfield Hills, your X-Factor. West Bloomfield's another one. Rogue's yeah. possibly an X-Factor there in that one Yeah, as well. I think District 28 is going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on both, not only just the boys' side, but also on the girls' side. Right. Um, when I look at a district, I'm curious to see that is the district I'm keeping a very close eye on. Mm-hmm. Um. I think District 58, Ferndale and Detroit Country Day, that one's going to be yeah. really interesting because if Detroit Country Day were to go move on in that district, and mm-hmm. if you're Ferndale, the fact that you're in the red, um, there's always that danger for Ferndale. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, last season, of course, they got, they talk about Division Two state championships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they got a good chance to get there, but if they don't get by Detroit Country Day on their home court, and Detroit Country Day is a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have some problems. Yeah. Going forward there. Mm-hmm. So. And then um, I, I mean, District Four too. Yeah, that one that, at the Davison. Oof. Yeah, that'll be Grand Blank Davison, um, Lapeer, Oxford, Flint, Curiously. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Oxford and you're Coach Steve Laidlaw, mm-hmm. that's brutal. Yeah. Really brutal. And I mean, it'll be. Uh, to be fair though, it'll be a good proving point for Oxford if they want to make, you know, any noise coming up here. So we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I'm just excited for the high school season to start I am back too. in. I am too. We got football media day coming up this week here. Um, we're going to talk about more of that. I want to thank you for coming in, Joey Tysick. Oh, appreciate it. Always. Um, also, I um, want to thank um, Coach Jason Albrecht of Farmington for um, being on the pod this week. Of course. Um, this is Sammy to me here. I'm going to sign off here. Take care. God bless. And see you all later, everybody.